Hi everyone, and thank you for joining us. My name is Josie with Birth Blessings Positive Birth Stories. Today we get to talk to Jennifer about the birth of her beautiful little four-month-old Amelia. She had a birth center birth. She is going to give you a little bit of a description of her experience with the Ring of Fire. I hope you stay with us, listen, and enjoy. everyone and thank you for joining us. Uh, today we're going to be speaking with Jennifer. Uh, she's a first-time mom who decided to deliver in a birth center. So we want to get her experience. But Jennifer, can you tell me a little bit about you guys first? Uh, sure. Um, my name is Jennifer. I was born in California but grew up here in San Antonio um, most of my life. Uh, my husband is from Mexico City and we are actually living at the moment in Mexico City but we decided to have our baby girl here in the States just because it's easier for citizenship-wise and we don't know what the world is going to be like in the next few years, so it's just better to do it here. And you grew up here anyway. I grew up here and I was born in the U.S., so mm -hmm. that made it a lot easier as well. Yeah, yeah. and your family's here too, which is really helpful. My close family, my parents, my mm -hmm. sister, and most of my mom's side of my family is here. Good support system here. Great support system here. Yes, yes. So how did you decide to have an out-of-hospital birth? Because that is what is more common and a little less common is birth center home births. Um, although they're wonderful, but I want to know, like, what were your thought processes and how did you and your husband kind of decide that that was the route that you wanted to do? So we had heard about at home um, births. Um, I have an aunt who had four of her children at home. Beautiful. Um, and even though I wasn't fully conscious at the time that she was doing that, I know talking to her later and being aware of it, I was like, oh, okay, this is this is not something new. This is something that's been done, you know, in forever ago. Mm -hmm. um, the fact is my sister-in-law also had her baby two years ago um, at, a, at home. Ooh, didn't wasn't by first choice, but because of COVID, oh, the, the hospital that she was going to go to was actually accepting COVID patients, and so they got really scared, and at the very last minute decided to do it at home. That happened actually a lot here as well. A lot of my clients were trying to get out of that, um, walking into a system that is having all the patients and with all the unknowns mm -hmm. and all the scary media. There was there was a mass exodus. It was, and in Mexico, especially this happened in Mexico. They were asking for tests, COVID tests, every two days, and oh. they were having to pay for it. And oh. It was about two hundred dollars each person. Oh man! Because he had to test negative in order to be able to be attended into the hospital. So it was just a lot of complications. Oh, man. So she ended up having it at home. Um, it went great for her as well, um, and so she actually. Um, told us about uh, a prenatal uh, course that we took online mm -hmm. with a doula, Beautiful. with our doula that mm -hmm. helped her give birth. And so with that, we really just listened and got a lot of information. Mm -hmm. um, and then we, my husband and I talked about it. And for me personally, it was a really good choice mm -hmm. because I'm terrified of hospitals. 
Mm-hmm. I'm terrified of needles, of injections, of medicine. It's just, it's a trauma or a phobia that I have. Mm-hmm. So for me, being put into a hospital setting mm-hmm. was, was just from the start really stressful. Yeah. So every time that I had to go get blood drawn, every time, you know, I did see a gynecologist in Mexico, they were great, but it was in a hospital, it's a traditional setting. Mm-hmm. And just talking about it made my stomach churn a lot. A lot of triggers for a lot of families, a lot of moms for sure. It's so, so true. So, and of course, that's what you see in the movies. Yeah. And, and so uh, having this second option mm-hmm. or third option, I think, having it at home really was something that we decided, hey, this could actually be something for us. Mm-hmm. So I immediately started searching in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, let's see if San Antonio has any birthing centers, which they did. And that's how we just came and we took a tour of the facilities and just emotionally it was a connection and we just really felt at peace. I didn't want to have an at-home birth because mm-hmm. I thought that was a little bit too risky for okay. me. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to have something in between. Yes, yes. So, and of course, we talked through the process, you know, asked a thousand questions for yeah. safety reasons, of yes. course. And... Um, well, I had the opportunity because it was a low-risk pregnancy, and, mm-hmm. and we were allowed to to have it there. So. Absolutely. And um, now your search for a midwife, mm-hmm. what did that look like for you? Because you have to, you had to connect with someone, right? Yeah. So what was that? Well, when we we got to a birthing center, they had three midwives okay. at the birthing center. Mm-hmm. So we did get to meet with each of them, and mm-hmm. then they would they told us that we basically could pick our favorite, if you would. Not our favorite, the, not the right word, but mm-hmm. someone that you connected the most with. Yes. But, and you never know, in the worst case scenario, um, if she had 24 hours birth and she wasn't you know, feeling up to it when we were giving birth, then we would have to have a second option. That's why they made us meet with all three, which was great, which mm-hmm. is actually really smart. Mm-hmm. And, um, and by the time we ended up having our baby, one of the midwives actually wasn't there anymore because oh, wow. she got a job somewhere else. And mm-hmm. so, um, and the same thing, my midwife had another baby earlier that morning. And so the other midwife came in and helped. And so, you know, it was just, it was even better. We had two midwives that's at our awesome. birth. So that's just what happened. And it know? worked out. It worked, it worked out. out. So, Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about your pregnancy. How did it go for you? For me, it wasn't <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I didn't have any symptoms of anything, either awesome. good or bad. I didn't okay. have any cravings, which I was really sad about. <laughs> I really was hoping to send my husband on a midnight run for uh. some crazy <laughs> craving, but mm-hmm. sadly that didn't happen. <laughs> um, but no, thankfully, no nausea, no vomiting, um, nothing. It was a really weird pregnancy for me, but uh, I don't know. It's just normal. I did have food. Yeah. <laughs> There were two days that I did have a little bit, um, I think my blood pressure dropped a little bit, but okay. it was a little bit normal. Mm-hmm. It was only for about 15, 20 minutes. I laid down, put my feet up, did call my doctor. He said, mm-hmm. just relax, eat some sugar, and, and everything was fine. You know, no Beautiful. big deal. But that was it. There you go. Really. Eat some sugar. That's good. <laughs> sugar. Eat some fruit. Eat some fruit. Yeah. That's good. Some fruit. <laughs> Awesome. So now share with me a little bit about the day of when things started to change for you. How did it start? Around what time of day was it? Okay. So it was a Sunday afternoon, and my husband and I went to go get our pregnancy pictures done. Oh, <laughs> at wow. At the botanical bar, garden. 
And at night, every night we've been walking around um, just the subdivision, just mm -hmm. making sure, you know, everything's working. And I started getting what I I think were Braxton Hicks contractions. Okay. Because it didn't hurt, mm -hmm. but I started just getting that sensation of tightening in, like, the belly area. Mm -hmm. And, um, but nothing horrible, just kind of would stop and just, just slow down my walking and then just kind of keep walking. And that night, around midnight, I started, um, again, getting a little bit more Braxton, just like uncomfortable. I wasn't very comfortable in bed. Mm -hmm. So I got up, went to the bathroom, and I would lay back down, and I would, you know, shift, and I would feel some contractions, but I I didn't realize there were contractions okay. until about 4 o'clock in the morning. Wow. Okay. That's when I started getting a little bit more, a little bit stronger, and so finally I woke up my husband and I was like, "Hey, um, can you just time these? I don't know. They're getting a little bit stronger than what I was getting." And, and we started timing them, and they were between four and five minutes each. Wow, that's <laughs> when you started timing. Okay, and then we called okay. you, and we were okay. like, "Ah, oh, Jesse, I think these are starting to be real contractions." We were a little bit um, confused because normally we know, or from our course, you know, mm -hmm. that the contractions usually start 20 minutes yeah. and they go 10 minutes. And so, mm -hmm. so from there, you, you told us, well, I'll try and get into the bathtub, see if they go away, mm -hmm. you know. So, of course, my husband ran to get the tub mm -hmm. open. Yeah. And as soon as I got in, I'll, I started getting some really strong contractions. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, get me out, get me out, get me out. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be in the tub. That's awesome. So, the tub. There's a little secret to the tub. So when a mom is in the tub, if there's still Braxton Hicks, if the body's not ready, for some reason, they will slow down. They'll calm down. And that's good because if her body's not ready, it can help her fall asleep again. Right. Right? right. Um, but it won't stop them. Usually it won't stop them. Um, sometimes it might. But <laughs> most of the time it doesn't. Um, but if it's like labor that's really going it will relax you enough give you a little bit of comfort but then they'll kind of keep going and even ramp up a little bit so it's a great way for for us to know like at home when we're talking to you is this going to like is this going to kind of continue or is it going to subside a little bit so that you can get a little rest just kind of like lets us know a little bit better isn't that cool and it's a nice, gentle way of kind of figuring that thing out. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it was it was great. Just I got a really <laughs> bad contraction in the tub, so it took me a little bit to get out. Wow. Okay. And then I think we called you again. We were like, I don't think this is working. I think this is a real deal. Okay. Um, you suggested that we call the birthing center to see if they were open because right. it was about four thirty-five in the morning. Mm -hmm. So we did call our midwife. She was already there. Oh, she had just delivered a baby, so she mm -hmm. said, "Well, come on in and." I'll check and we'll mm -hmm. see if you are dilated mm -hmm. enough or if you get to go home for a little while. Yeah. So that took a while getting dressed and getting my in the car. Mm -hmm. It took a little bit longer than I expected because I started getting really They were not control. letting out. They up. were not letting out. And it was at the point where I would have to kneel on the ground and just, wow. just breathe for a second. Mm -hmm. um, so my husband got everything in the car while I was, <laughs> you know, fighting these, not fighting, but going through these contractions. Yeah. So we finally ended up going to the hospital, to the birthing center around almost 7 in the morning we got there. 
mm -hmm. I remember it was a beautiful sunrise. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> it was beautiful. Oh. For the second day, I didn't have infections. <laughs> and um, once we got to the birthing center, our midwife um, checked, mm -hmm. and my water had broke. I didn't realize this. Wow. I did not notice it. Mm -hmm. um, and I was already seven centimeters dead. That's beautiful. So she was like, oh, let's get the tub ready. And by the time she checked, she was like, yep, yeah, nope, nope. I'm just going <laughs> to let you be for a little while. And you just let me know if something changes. And mm -hmm. so we were like, okay. Yeah, what's that mean? We'll be here for a little while. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was the story. And then um, once we were there, Lauren came, mm -hmm. um, and then all of a sudden, I had a really sudden urge to push out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. So different. This is so different from, okay, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but this is your first baby. Mm -hmm. And things didn't really go according to normal as far as <laughs> time-wise. Mm -hmm. You did move really quickly. Yeah. Right? Because I think when we got there, we were at the transition yep. point. Because I remember they were hurting pretty, pretty bad. And I even remember my husband calling my mom to get the ball. She drove to the birthing center. <gasps> balls. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. He wasn't thinking straight. No, he was, like, was nervous. Yes, and so my course. mom even came with the ball, dropped it off, and left. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's how close we were. <laughs> and so I, I was, I think. The transition part, which was the most painful. Okay. I'm going to say that it was those contractions, I couldn't breathe. It right. was those took, your breath away, took right? my breath away. And I just remember my husband saying, breathe, breathe. And I just wanted to slap him in the face because I, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. And then the famous ring of fire. I did feel it. Yes. I did feel it. Yes. So I don't know. You had told us about the ring of fire. Yes, yes. And so for some... So if you don't know what a ring of fire is, it's when the baby's finally crowning and the skin is stretched up so tight that it literally feels like flames, like a burn that's real burn. And um, there's a small percentage of women who don't feel the ring of fire. It might just be so tight it's numb. But for the majority of us, we're going to feel that ring of fire. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's real. It yeah. burns. It burns. <laughs> and then I felt the urge to push. Wow. Out of nowhere. Like, I just felt like, and it feels like you have to poop. Yeah. I don't know how else to explain it. Yep. You just feel like you got to poop. That's perfect. That's exactly <laughs> what it feels like. Yeah. feels like it's a uh, baby's coming out of the wrong hole. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And then we ran, uh, my husband ran to call my midwife. She came and she said, yep, yeah, it's time to push. So they got me, um, no, I was in, I was on the, I was kneeling mm -hmm. for a while. I don't think it was helping a lot. So she, she asked me if I can get on the bed. So they helped me get on the bed. Mm -hmm. I was laying on my back, but I had my feet up in an acrobatic position. <laughs> <laughs> you are a ballerina. You can do all those things. <laughs> Didn't realize. Yes. Um, and I pushed. I thought it was going to be quicker. To be quite honest, that, okay. that to me felt long. And the contractions were not as bad as I thought. The worst were the other one. Transition. The transition. Okay, let's pause right there for a second. Because it is true. And I just got done doing um, a pain management class with another family. And I reminded them, and I reminded them, I shared with them that it's going to, 
like before pushing is the worst it's going to be. It is the most intense it's going to be. It's very close to each other. They last very long. And that's the most intense. And then naturally, when we don't have anything added to, uh, if there's no medication, um, at that point, our body is meant to move over to the pushing stage. And that looks different. They're less intense. They're further apart, so you have maybe three to five minutes, maybe a little little longer for you, in between pushes, in between contractions. Yeah, and I, I forgot that part, so I thought it was going to be faster. So for mm-hmm. me, I was a little, I got a little nervous just because I was like, she doesn't want to come out, she doesn't want to come out. And they are like, no, you're, you're doing great, you're doing great. And I was like, well, she doesn't want to come out, she doesn't want to come out. <laughs> but in my brain, I remember thinking, this is supposed to be faster. faster. Mm. But I don't know if it's. Again, I know logically because I did, you know, we did the classes and, you know, the information was there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's because of the movies. They just like push, push, and they just come out. They fly out? <laughs> no. That's, that's, the, that's <laughs> all the TV shows and movies. So in the back of our brain, for some reason, that's what we're just expecting. Exactly. But I'm glad it didn't happen that way. Okay, good. Why? Because I think I would have <laughs> teared a lot. Well, I would have. Shared something, which yes. I didn't. So Isn't that, see? That insane. Oh, my gosh. I hear kudos to my midwife, I think, mm-hmm. because she was putting... Um, counter pressures. Counter pressures. It was warm compression. Yes. And so she they was doing have, something with oils. Yes. So I'm going to tell you what she yeah. did, what they do in the birth centers here in San Antonio, anyway. They have, like, a little crock pot. Yeah. And they have water in there, and it keeps it nice and warm, so they have a whole bunch of little face towels. Yeah. And they'll switch them out. So once it, that warm pressure, counter so pressure, perfect. right, mm-hmm. it's soothing. It's soothing. And it helps the skin stretch out and helps prevent tearing. Yeah. They did give me um, the herb it thing. A tincture? Just a tincture. To, okay. Tincture. To kind of get them a little stronger. Yes, because okay. it was, um, they, were they were too far apart. apart. Okay. They were too far apart. Mm-hmm. And so they did give me, I think, two, two of those. They worked really well. <laughs> they, it's just a, it's just a little tea, or I don't mm-hmm. really know what it is. It, mm-hmm. You just drink it. It's a little bitter, mm-hmm. and it works like a charm. Yeah, it worked really well. Yeah. So, um, and then I got her head out, mm-hmm. and um, she she was supposed to turn. She turned, I think, mm-hmm. but then she couldn't get her shoulders out. Okay. And so there, it was a, about a, I think again my. I don't remember time-wise as much, but mm-hmm. so from what they told me, it's about a minute or two. Mm-hmm. They had, had to flip me over onto um, hands and knees. Hands and knees. Yes. And she came out. Yes. In the next push. And so, that's 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 such a great technique um, to flip. So when you get on your hands and knees, it helps reposition the baby. It actually opens up. Did you have like the runner's lunge? Did they have you have one knee up too? You probably didn't need that. No, she came out. She so just right kind of slid out. She slid out, and it felt like a little just sloosh yeah. of water. Yeah. It was really weird. <laughs> it's harder, I think, for just to understand the process. It's more difficult for the head to come out first mm-hmm. because that's the widest it's going to be. And then by the time the shoulders are out, like the shoulders can are the next widest part. To come out but given the, the dynamics of how you're opening up with your positions mm-hmm. 
it can just kind of like bloop the rest of the body's out. The only thing is that she couldn't get her shoulders out because her hand was up by her face. Yes. And when she did come out, she had the umbilical cord wrapped around her neck, her shoulder, and her leg. That's a long one. So it's a very long long umbilical cord, thankfully. Thankfully. Mm -hmm. So she did come out and it did take about 40 seconds for her to breathe. Okay. So that was scary. I didn't see it. I was okay. on my hands and knees. Mm-hmm. But my husband, I just remember listening, um, hearing, mm-hmm. you know, that there wasn't any uh, crying. Mm-hmm. And suddenly my midwife was like, Daddy, you need to call her name. Daddy, you need to call her name. Mm-hmm. Daddy, you need to say her name. And so my husband started calling her name. Mm-hmm. And immediately she started to cry. It was, it was magical. So I yes. didn't, I didn't, again, I, I I remember it, but I don't remember how long because I wasn't looking. My yeah. husband says it was really scary yeah. because she wasn't really breathing. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, um, the midwife was great. She, she, you know, they did massage a certain te- massage or mm-hmm. technique that they do. Mm-hmm. And as soon as my husband started to call her name, she she That's reacted. Awesome. So. And another thing too. So here's a little difference of how. Um, something like that would look in a hospital setting. Typically, if there's an issue like that, and there there is a time warp, by the way. I do want to address that. As soon as you go into labor, as soon as you start having those contractions um, that lead us to a birth, time is irrelevant. An hour can feel like five hours, and, and five hours can feel like one hour. Really, there's we don't gauge that anymore at all. Um, but in a hospital setting, if there's a breathing issue, what they typically do is they will clamp and cut the cord quickly and they bring the baby over to a warmer and they have oxygen. Now, here's the deal. In a birth center setting, our bodies are made to do this. She's still receiving oxygen from you through the umbilical cord and they honor that. They're like, okay, she's having, we've got other things that we can do to help stimulate her to take those breaths, right? But she's still getting some oxygen from and that's, that's the beauty of God ordained, God ordained this. You have everything that you need. The baby has everything that they need. And she was still getting some oxygen. Yeah. Right? Right. And at the birthing center, of course, we ask that question. They know what to do. Yes. They know what to do. Yes. And in the worst case scenario, they do have a baby, like a... Uh, oxygen tank, yep. and they have a resuscitation That's it. station. Yes, have. they have everything. They, they have everything. Need. Absolutely. Because, of course, we were nervous. You know, you never know. Of worst course. case scenario. Yeah. And, um, Those are great questions that you're supposed to be asking. Mm-hmm. And so, after that, it was great. She was great. You know, they do the testing, the A-P-R-A-G-P testing, the, or they check. Apgar. Apgar. Mm-hmm. So, um, and she was fine, you know. It's just those seconds, like like you said, it was just it took in my brain. It was a very long time, but I yes. think it was no more than thirty seconds. I don't think mm-hmm. so. But the midwives were very good about checking, you know, how much time between contractions. They were keeping record, mm-hmm. um, just in case something just wasn't working. You know? mm-hmm. But I think, in all in all, she was born at nine thirteen in the morning. So by the time we actually got there, it took about two hours and fifteen minutes. That's crazy! <laughs> yeah. What a blessing! Yes, what a blessing to not have the typical twenty-four hour thing. No, <laughs> yeah. your body is just ready at that time. And how many weeks were you? Thirty-eight and a half. Thirty-eight and a half. Thirty-eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
She was ready when she was little. Mm-hmm. And you, what, how much did she weigh? Five pounds, 14 ounces. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, she, she, she's... And you're great. petite, too, by the way. So. Yes, and my husband's pretty petite, too. Yeah. But I thought she'd be around seven, because mm-hmm. I, was, I was seven, and he was about seven pounds. But mm-hmm. no, she was just... And she was a little early. If she would have gone a little closer to Maybe the estimated due date, she would have gained that extra weight. Yeah. Um, but she was perfect. She Everything was, perfect. was fine. Everything was fine. It was, it was really the most amazing thing it was a blur for, yeah, for a yeah. few moments of you know mm-hmm. um and but it was it was very great it was so much easier for me because i did i wasn't connected i was really scared about having um ivs or something that would i just would think about that the whole time you wow know? yeah that's, that's just me personally and mm-hmm. the way my brain thinks mm-hmm. so here i could drink liquids yes. i was drinking gatorade um my husband would give me little um, honey sticks. Yes. Um, he had even bought, we had made like some um, oatmeal to take before. Mm-hmm. You know, we were pretty prepared and it was great. We just didn't get to use any of the techniques that we learned in any of our classes. <laughs> it but was it was a blessing fast. anyway, you know. Yeah, so that's too fast. Best case scenario. Yeah, best case scenario. I'd rather get through it than, exactly. you know, do all the things and be exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. And one other thing in the birth center setting is that they do encourage you to eat during the labor. Yes. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I got there, the midwife said I was a little dehydrated, which makes sense because I was supposed to be asleep. Yes. And not having to drink, but I was sort of awake. Mm-hmm. And so my husband took that very much to heart. So every between every contraction, he wanted to give me something to drink, and it oh, got to a point where I was like, please stop. I don't want to drink anything else. Aww. Give him a job and he's there. He's going to do 100%. Yeah, so he was there a 1,000%. Oh, he's he a good guy. Yeah, he did great. That's <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, and we were there resting for about three hours, and then we got to go home. So that's another wonderful thing I felt about the birthing center is that you don't have to stay in a hospital setting. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with lights and nurses and people coming in to check on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to go home to my home, my bed. You know, um, be with them. In my case, my parents were there, and and just relax at home. You know, yeah. so that that's something I, I think is really it's really good just to recuperate and get, yeah. get yourself back. You know, in the game. So. Mm-hmm. I agree. There's no place like home, right? So, mm-hmm. like your bed, your sheets, yeah. your and your mother was very attentive. And another thing is that the midwives don't let you go home until you're stable. And the baby's stable. And the baby's had fed. Exactly. And had a bowel movement, like the whole thing. Yes. That one was painful. Mm-hmm. I'm say. <laughs> Go ahead and talk, talk about that. Okay. So after, yeah, after like an hour and a half or two hours, you know, I have no idea. Again, <laughs> the time frame, I have no idea. But she had been fed. And so my midwife was like, all right, are you ready to go? To the restroom, I need to just make sure, you know, that everything's okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to go with you. Okay. Yes. Um, now, in my case, I didn't tear. So, I didn't have to get any Great. stitches or anything. Oh, yes, I was so Ooh. nervous about that. Yeah. Um, and, yes, she did warn me that it was going to sting. Mm-hmm. And, yes, it stings. Your first <laughs> um, going to the restroom feels like a thousand knives mm-hmm. cutting into you. You have no um, control over, you just can go and Mm -hmm. you don't know when it's going to (laughs) stop and it's very bizarre, Mm -hmm. it's very bizarre, Um, but it just gets better as the days go by. Mm -hmm. 
just, you know, ice packs really help. They do. Um, you feel comfortable wearing a diaper, which I did just because I just didn't want to yeah. think about anything, you know. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and your body's rearranging itself. And, mm -hmm. But, yeah, that, that was, I would say that I was really nervous about the postpartum part of um, of the delivery the, like after the baby's born or like, share with me a little more like about. at home like at home like what okay. it was it, what it was going to be you know because they tell you you're going to bleed for 40 days mm -hmm. which I didn't but um, you do bleed for a few days mm -hmm. everyone's different right um, and definitely just for me I was very weak very weak because I did bleed um, after my placenta got out Okay. I did have a flush of, I don't know what it's called, but Loki, I, was, yeah. mm -hmm. I was bleeding more than normal. So they did have to um, inject me with Pitocin. Pitocin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just to just stop control it. it. Yes. Control it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, however, again, I think it was like no more than five or ten seconds, but um, I think I did lose a lot more blood than I was supposed to. So mm -hmm. it did feel very weak okay. the first week. Mm -hmm. But. Um, but I did have a lot of bone broths and spinaches so and stuff yes. like that because I needed foods. to have high iron to get that back into my system. Absolutely. So it did feel very weak for the first two or three days. Again, I think that was normal. Mm -hmm. um, but everything else went a lot smoother than, again, than I thought it was going to be as well. Mm -hmm. So by the end of the first week, I was able to get up and walk around. You know, they just tell you to take it very easy. Yeah. You go outside no because the, the weather was really nice. And mm -hmm. so to give um, our baby girl a little bit of sunshine and mm -hmm. for me to get a little bit of sunshine yes. as well, just awesome. to get some oxygen. And, mm -hmm. and so, it, yeah. It the sun is so powerful. Like, it's yeah. so helpful for your mood. Everything. And just like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's outside of the, you have a beautiful room. Yeah. But they you know, it's four walls. You got to, it's still four walls. You got to go outside. You got to do that. And it's helpful for their sleep too, actually. Mm -hmm. So besides that, everything from there. What about breastfeeding? Tell me about breastfeeding. Breastfeeding, um, for me, it's been really great. Mm -hmm. The first day they did put in, um, they suggest a nipple guard because okay. I think my breasts hadn't fully um, protruded. Mm -hmm. Yep. Nipple hadn't protruded. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit harder for her to to grasp on mm -hmm. so they immediately put a nipple guard which I had no idea what that was and mm -hmm. what a lifesaver mm -hmm. it is miraculous <laughs> until you came to the house and you're like all right you're done which yep. is two days it later worked. it worked it, it pulled it out it did you don't what have to do anymore mm -mm. um with your techniques it was mm -hmm. amazing um that hurt that hurt getting the milk okay. out the mm -hmm. breasts the massage? The massage. Mm -hmm. The massage didn't hurt, but the after, the mm -hmm. two hours after, they, really? they got really hard. They got tender. So tender. Oh, wait, it was so too hard. And they filled up. Your milk transitioned. That's what it was. Did they double up? Oh, yeah. Okay, then your milk came yeah. in. It was like the third day, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, it was crazy. Engorgement. That's called engorgement. Yeah. Not fun at all. But no. you know what I want? <laughs> I want to share a little bit about, if you can help me too. So one of the my favorite moments was um, with your husband in. So this is a common misconception. It's just it, it is. We can't see it. There's no evidence. So then we just question it over and over again. So 
your husband had a hard time believing that anything was coming out because we could not see anything. And if you know anything about colostrum, it's thicker in consistency and it usually does not pour out of your body, right? So the baby has to kind of work it out. And he asked to get, and I was like, yes, it does. You know, told him about how it's triggered after the placenta leaves. It kicks in all the other things that are supposed to kind of help with that letdown reflex. So we, um, he still asked again <laughs> after on the postpartum visit. And so I showed her a beautiful little massage that helps just bring the colostrum forward. Um, and then um, it's called a nipple roll where you kind of just pull forward and from the breast to the end of the nipple. And the droplets were there. And I, I'll never forget his face. It's like, oh, it really is in there. <laughs> I was like, yes, it really is there. Um, but it was great because these big droplets were there. And you could see it too. And you, we know that the baby's getting plenty because of the output, right? So if the baby's not getting anything, there's not going to be anything to come out, right? Besides the, yes, um, besides the meconium. Um, but it does help. That colostrum helps with the meconium to, to move out and... Everything just to work well, all the plumbing to work well. So I'll never forget that because I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, it really is in there. Yeah. Okay. And, and that definitely is a really good tip because uh, mm -hmm. we can't see it. So just to make sure that your baby is yeah. doing the necessary bowel movement yes. or the pee movement, you know, mm -hmm. that's, 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 the, that's how you know that your baby is doing okay. And we get obsessed with that. Yeah. Don't be obsessed. Don't be obsessed with it, but we get poop obsessed and we get pee obsessed. We're like, wait a minute, oh my gosh. It is pee so, once a day. I for know. Poop. Not pee. Poop. Three times a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it is it's a learning curve, right? It's a learning curve. But for me, breastfeeding's been great. Awesome. And you're really still doing easy. it? Still doing it. And how long has it been? How many months? Three almost three and a half months. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt. Good. It shouldn't hurt. Right. <laughs> That's right. Just the first two to three weeks, I think your my nipples were really sore, mm -hmm. just because they're not used to having saliva on them twenty four seven, yeah. you know. And at the every very beginning, hours. every yeah. two hours, every mm -hmm. two hours, every two hours. Um, emotionally, it's a little, it's a roller coaster. Okay, tell me about that. So I'm uh, not someone who I think is like has a lot of PMS or stuff when I'm on my period. But I can tell you that this has been the most hormones I felt in my life after, you know, being postpartum. Okay. Um, raging just through your body. I can just feel it like in my veins and just every once in a while just randomly start crying. Yeah. Just out of nothing, out of just no reason at all. Mm -hmm. Just crying, but crying, 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 you know, just because I'm happy or because I'm sad or just because. The sun came in the wrong way. I have no <laughs> idea, you know. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. no reason for it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, hormones are crazy. Mm -hmm. The first, I would say the first month for me were a little bit difficult to just kind of navigate. Okay. You know? mm -hmm. um, I think it's just talking with your partner, you know, or with whoever you're with, you mm -hmm. know, just getting, just telling them how you're feeling. So helpful. <laughs> yeah. If you had to hold all that in. I don't know how people do it. I think that's why people get depression. I really think mm -hmm. that's why. That's, that's, now yeah. I understand yeah. that depression, that postpartum depression, because 
I didn't get that that bad, you know, mm -hmm. and it gets better as you feel better as well, and as you mm -hmm. start moving around, I think the sun really does help a it lot. It does, it does. Um, eating well. Yes, nutrition, nutrition, super, super important. And you mentioned you had bone broths, you had what other foods? Spinach is high iron foods just because of your blood loss, but what lots other foods? I had lots Great of for milk soups. production. Yeah, mm -hmm. lots of soups. Mm -hmm. I just really craved um, like cooked food, like really just warm cooked food. Like my body mm -hmm. didn't want a salad for some reason, and it didn't want any fast food. I did not want a burger. I didn't want like I just no, I didn't want any of that. I just my wanted comfort really comfort foods. foods. Yeah, comfort so like stews and soups and yes. warm things and. Yeah. We have to listen to our body. So it is, your body is recovering. Whether you have a, a belly birth, which is a, a surgical birth, mm -hmm. or you have a regular, easy, fast birth like yours, mm -hmm. our bodies are recovering. We really need to nurture yeah. our system that just went through so much yeah. to bring it back mm -hmm. um, to health. And that, that process the whole healing process takes about six weeks. So it's not even the first four weeks. No, it's not. It's a process. Yeah, and but some of my friends said, take it easy. It's going to take you about three months yeah. to kind of get back to kind of. I say kind right. of. I agree. Because it makes sense. Your body changed for nine months. Why would you expect to be back in a month? Why? Absolutely. Um, but we do. Because we just want everything to go back the way it was. You know? Absolutely. And social media is not a help. You know, we look at our friends or, <clears throat> you know, people who just are influencers and they are back in shape. Their muscles are tight already and they look great. They've got full makeup. Their house is pristine. Their, their, their husbands are the best people ever. Like, no, you're going to learn to live now as a family of three as opposed to just two and there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be misunderstanding. There's so much emotion on both sides. Dads can get emotional as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's so different. It's so different. And it's definitely helping us communicating because, yeah, we have had disagreements. Just yeah. it's, it's normal. Mm -hmm. It's natural. Yeah. You know, he thinks that she's cold and I think she's not. There you go. So he puts Absolutely. on three blankets and I take off two. You know? <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Dumb things, you know, little mm -hmm. things. But but yes, in social media, and I and I will say, I started watching videos just because you're curious. Sure. And you want to know progression and you want to know what should my baby be doing? Should, am I doing this okay? Yes. And I just, a few weeks ago, I said, that's it, no more. Because that's wisdom. So, that's <laughs> Because it's not true. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what people say. My baby's not going to sleep the same way yeah. that another baby is supposed to Absolutely. sleep. Absolutely. So, They're all so different. And we have to listen to them individually. Yeah. So I was part of that social media for a little bit. And it did stress me out a little bit more than I, I needed it. So mm -hmm. I did just stop. Just took all my accounts, just put them That's away it. for a while and That's said, good. Hey, no. That was was dumb because you also have more sit-down time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you really get to know your baby. Yeah. And there's actually a study that showed that moms were more disconnected mm -hmm. because as soon as the baby was latched, 
instead of connecting with the baby, we do a lot more touching, like playing with their hair, or just talking to them, or holding their hand, right? Mm -hmm. But when we're on the phone, there's a disconnect, and we're looking, and so depression went up. Not to mention these few years that we lived through. Right. right? Which, that was huge. Which is a big thing, and I thankfully was not in it as bad as it was two or three years ago. Yeah. So respect to all those moms that had oh babies my. during that time. I know. I know. Oh, I had moms who were afraid to even go in their backyard. And I was like, mm, no, you're good. You put you need to have your husband put a chair out there and you sit. In the sunshine, you can nurse out in the backyard. Yeah. You don't have to go any. You don't have to go for a walk. You know, you know, just just get some fresh air, some good sunshine, and just love on your baby, and mm-hmm. then take it easy. That makes sense, at right? Some point. It, it, it totally makes sense. I don't mm-hmm. know what I would have thought, you know, having like that. But yes, mm-hmm. definitely. And and misconception is do take your babies outside. It's good for them. It's very good for them. And and. I know we're all afraid too because they're so little and mm-hmm. fragile and but no it's it's great and I think they really like it they do <laughs> they, they do really I like always it. felt like they slept better after having going for a walk and having that fresh air and if you can't go for a walk yet because you're not comfortable sit in your backyard mm-hmm. put a chair out there mm-hmm. have somebody just you know bring you something to drink and just relax and enjoy that amazing sun that's just kind of it feels like healing into your system, right? Just letting that sunshine just come to you. And that vitamin D, you cannot reproduce natural vitamin D in a bottle. Yes, that's true. Right? And, and I read somewhere, I think my sister was the one that told me that in Denmark, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. they leave their babies outside. I know, that, I can't believe that to me. Cringy. <laughs> but no, they do. But they're fine. Yes. And, and of course they're covered in this, because it's freezing over there, but they Mm -hmm. are covered in this wonderful protection. And there's, you know. You park your baby outside and you go in and have dinner. And I was like, "Ah." I think. But they're fine. But they're fine. And that's just the culture there. So I remember this whole news thing happened. I don't remember how many years ago, but there was somebody from Denmark who came, you know, was a tourist Mm -hmm. and was walking through the street with their baby. They stopped to have um, something in a fancy restaurant and left their baby outside. Well, Everybody, all the cops were called, abandoned baby, this and that and the other thing. It's just a different culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the fresh air is crazy good. I actually knew some um, a lady, oh my gosh, it must have been maybe 20 years ago. Um, she's from Germany, and they did the same thing. And so when we lived upstate New York, when we can have these crazy winters, like, you know, two feet of snow, that kind of thing. Uh, this one lady who uh, was sharing with me that she used to babysit when she was younger. And what they would do is bring the baby outside in the stroller. They were wrapped really well, but they took a gallon of, of, of water, hot water, and they put that in the stroller to give the heat to the baby, the warm fit to keep the baby warm for whatever time that they allowed the baby to be outside. Brilliant. Right. This was like many, many years ago. And my mom actually, she she went to Germany as an au pair mm-hmm. when she was eighteen. And, and in that was probably the, the winter, same practice. They, my mom had to take them out every day to go walk in their stroller. Mm-hmm. Of course, like you said, they're 
you know, they have their mittens on and they're, you know, they're fully, fully, fully covered and dressed. And these were toddlers, I think. They weren't as little. But my mom had to take them out every single day. Rain, shine, snow, it doesn't matter. It's part of the culture. Interesting, right? Yeah. I think you can learn a little bit from that. And in San Antonio, there's so much sun that we don't take advantage of. That's the truth. We're in and out of air conditioning all the time. And I think that's it. Good thing for, for us, yeah. even in our systems. I know. agree. I agree. We don't appreciate the sun as much as we we have the privilege to. Yeah. So. Yeah. But no, everything, everything, everything was, it was a really, I would say, as everyone says, it was fast. It was a lot. I, I expected for some reason to be a lot more painful. Mm-hmm. But I, I must, I think, I think I have just an extremely high tolerance pain mm-hmm. so I, I understand that it's not for everyone mm-hmm. and, and if it's something that you really are terrified of doing do it at a hospital like don't mm-hmm. even think about it because <laughs> because there's no medicine like, right there's no they're not gonna help you with the pain it's not gonna right. go away right um but understanding that it's part of a process is really special and now that I have a baby it's just your body is I'm, I'm, in, I'm still in shock and I'm still in awe of how miraculous the women's body can be. Like, I still don't understand exactly what happened, you know? And, know? and I didn't need to do anything. It's just something that is natural. It's natural. It's a body function. The baby will come out. Exactly. And you having the right support system around you is really important. important. Like, if you're, let's just say your husband was... Let's just say your husband was super nervous and was like, I don't know if we should do this. I think we should go to the hospital and was kind of putting some doubt in your mind. Okay. And even in the presence, like during labor, if he was still halfway there, you totally would have picked up on that. Yeah. And that could have influenced your confidence. Don't you agree? Oh, completely. Mm-hmm. completely. So having them on board with you is so, so important. Even though it is your decision to do it wherever you want to, that support is key. Completely. Because without him, I definitely would not have been able. Well, it it would have probably been different. I I can't say, you know, because thankfully didn't have to, but it it totally would have been different. Um, I agree. And having parents who, you know, was that generation where everyone had it in the hospital. Yeah. um, They, I think, were okay with it. Uh, with the information that we were giving to them, um, and my mom came with here for for a class because she was very curious and so good, and and really she I, th- I think it opened at least her mind up mm-hmm. first you know at least to be like okay this this is this is good of course they were nervous that I was sure. there and I was having a baby you know because you were doing it different than the norm yeah but but in the end I think they agree that. That it was the best, at least for me, in my case, in my scenario. So that's perfect. I think if you are into it, definitely do it. It's it's amazing. It's the best do experience some, ever. Yeah, and do some research if you're considering it and, and not sure that you want to do either of the ways. You know, like hospital birth, uh, uh, birth center or at home. Explore your options. There are options. You know, try to find. Um, do some interviews on midwives who you might click with and who are eager to answer your questions and are not, you know, um, 
even your OB, just think about it. If your OB is giving you a lot of resistance while you're still pregnant or not wanting to answer your questions, how much more difficult would that be to communicate with them during your most vulnerable time, right? So all that is a consideration. And goodness, you know, um, we have all the options. And if you're healthy, so there are criteria that you have to meet if you're going to be delivering in a birth center, or like an outside of hospital birth. Um, you have to be healthy pregnancy and, and healthy baby, no issues. And then you're free. You're free to do it, you know. And you want to be in a hospital setting if you do have issues because that is something that's really important too. If you or your baby um, need the extra help, you want to be where it's readily available as well. If you're healthy and you're considering it, go for it. At least explore it so that you can say you check that box off. And I think if you start asking around, mm -hmm. there's a lot more talk about it, more than, more than you probably think, you know? Yeah. And you'll start connecting with people that mm -hmm. have had it or that know somebody or that, you know, you've heard about it. Mm -hmm. It's a really weird thing that once you start talking about it, things will start coming at you at different directions. Yeah. And. I was very pleasantly surprised here at least in San Antonio mm -hmm. to know that there was a birthing center that's been here for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. So it's not like brand new. Mm -hmm. And there's doulas and there's midwives and there's people that are, are really into this. And it's, it's yeah. great. I'm so glad and thankful it's coming back because... And our community has grown. It used to be only one many years ago. And then it's grown. I think we have three or four... Uh, birth centers now pretty much it's grown it's grown and thank god that we have the options yes you know and that's the thing just options having options yeah. you know that it's not black and white right that's it that's as much as i think that's the advice i would give just know mm -hmm. that it's not just one or the other there's different options for everyone absolutely absolutely well, thank you, Jennifer, for thank coming you, in. Thank you so much for asking. I loved talking to you and just exploring this again. Thank you for listening. I love the way that Jennifer was able to share honestly about her recovery postpartum and the expectations that are laid upon us as women to kind of jump back to what we used to be like. Not only that, but the relationships and the new adjustments that happen between husband and wife as they're raising their newborn baby and learning day by day the differences that happens and, and their roles, how they change and how um, moms and dads just think a little bit differently and that to expect those things, right? Also, I like that she touched on uh, the influence of social media and how it can sometimes just be um, a distraction, but it could also um, create anxiety um, or just feeling bad about how, you know, it's taking a little bit longer for, for you as opposed to it looks like everything's bouncing right back to the way it was before the baby was born. I hope that you really enjoyed it. I enjoyed speaking with Jennifer and... Uh, we will see you next time. Thanks.